I am Joe Walton, and you are listening to the Magical Coach Podcast. It's the Magical Coach Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Magical Coach Podcast, brought to you by the Larry Bruno Foundation, where our mission is to cultivate a culture in our community to develop student athletics and academic achievements by promoting professional coaching, team building, and family development. My name is Steve Higgins, and I'm the director of the Larry Bruno Foundation's Hall of Achievement. Joe Walton was born in Beaver Falls, graduated from Beaver Falls High School in 1953. He was an All-State football player in high school, and he led the Beaver County in scoring in 1952. Joe attended the University of Pittsburgh on a football scholarship, He set records for touchdown receptions as a tight end at Pitts and was twice named All-American. He graduated in 1957 with a degree in history. The next 35 years, Joe spent in the NFL, seven as a player with the Redskins and the Giants, and seven as a head coach of the New York Jets. In 1994, he started the football program at Robert Morris and was named the school's first head coach. After six NEC titles and several bowl victories, Coach Walton's fingerprints were all over the football program, and to prove that, since 2005, the Colonials have played their home games in the stadium that bears his name. Coach, welcome to our podcast today, and thanks for being here. Glad to be here, Steve. Glad to be here. You were born and raised in Beaver Falls. What was Beaver Falls like? Oh, I I think it was a great place to raise kids. A lot of family atmosphere, I think, uh, that surrounded the whole area. Uh, I think Beaver Falls has, uh, over the years, uh, has been a leader in uh, sports and and uh, anything that has to do with the young people. Were there any local athletes when you were young that you looked up to that might have influenced you in a positive manner? Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, my first cousin, Lou DeChilly, who was a great high school quarterback and uh, played at the University of Indiana, uh, he was always kind of my idol. Uh, Jim Mutchler, who uh, Lou played one year or two years with, I think. Of course, Jim went to uh, uh, Notre Dame, and uh, my cousin Lou went to University of Indiana. So uh, they played against each other, too, in college, which was you know, kind of fun to watch uh, at that time. So uh, I-, I think Beaver Falls over the years has a— Great history of sports, and uh, I think it was a great place to grow up. During football season, we played football. During basketball season, we played basketball. And uh, in the summer, of course, we played baseball. So uh, pretty nice uh, to be able to grow up that way. Your father, Frank Tiger Walton, is perhaps one of the most beloved athletic figures in the history of Beaver Falls. Did he encourage you and your brother to participate in sports? Uh, Yes, he did, but he never uh, uh, was forceful about, especially football, because that was his sport. But he never uh, said, you you know, you've got to be on Beaver Falls High School football team, or, you know, he never did anything like that. So, uh, and I tried to raise my my son the same way. If he liked football, you know, and wanted to play, uh, that was fine. But uh, if he didn't, it wasn't going to bother me. Did he coach any of your youth teams at all, or was he was busy with his own? He, he was most of the time busy. 
However, I can remember him uh, umpiring some of our, our games, and uh, he was very tough on the strike zone with me. I, I remember that much. But uh, he, uh, he was a basketball official, and I remember going to uh, uh, high school came, games where he officiated. Uh, yeah, he was a busy guy and, uh, and had a lot of demands, uh, so I'm sure uh, he saw me play high school football, but uh, uh, never saw me play in college because he passed away at a very young age, and uh, 42 as a matter of fact, and that uh, was my first day at Pitt, first day of classes, so uh, he never saw me play in college. You're considered one of the best high school players in Pennsylvania history. What was it like playing football at Beaver Falls in the early 50s? And were there any coaches then that influenced you in a positive way? I'm sure uh, Leland Chakron did, who was, uh, I thought, a great coach uh, that we had when I was playing. My Uncle Abby Walton was uh, one of his assistants, uh, as was Pip Booth. Uh, they were influential in my life, uh, all three of them, and... Uh, uh, I certainly uh, owe a lot to them for my development. Uh, one of the things that uh, I always thought Shaq was so good at uh, was fundamentals, you know, how to block, how to tackle. Uh, and uh, I think that carried over uh, when I went to the University of Pittsburgh and uh, uh, helped me uh, become a better player. So the coaching you received in high school was a was a big help to you later on when you oh, got to Pitt. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, you know, I had uh, a lot of the great fundamentals that uh, they were sticklers about. What was the shape of the program then? Like you played in '52 was your senior year. Was Beaver Falls a pretty good power then? Or yes, were they... we, we we had a very good football team. Uh, lost Al Quip, of course. You guys were nine and one that yeah, year. Yeah, we were nine and one. We lost one game to Aliquippa. Mm-hmm. We had a very good team. You know, some of those uh, uh, ex teammates of mine, I I still see and talk to once in a while that I played with in high school, and uh, you know, they were just a great bunch of guys. Why did you choose Pitt to continue your academic and athletic career? And tell us a little bit about your Pitt playing days. Well, uh, my my dad had gone to Pitt. He uh, was a little bit of an influence there, but he, he he told me I had to make my own decision. Of course, that's when he was very sick. I was going to Indiana. Uh, was my first pick because of my cousin Lou. He helped recruit me, but because my dad was so ill, I changed my mind and I decided go to Pitt so I'd be closer to home. I never regretted a minute of it because uh, I had a great career at Pitt and uh, got a good education. And I, I think uh, Pitt football has always been, uh, it's historically up and down, but we had some great years. I played, uh, when I was at Pitt, I played in the uh, Sugar Bowl my junior year and played in the Gator Bowl my senior year. Uh, so I, you know, experienced some uh, some great times with pit football, and uh, we'll see it come back again. I'm sure. Well, who was the coach when you were at Pitt? Uh, John Michaelosen. Michaelosen. Yeah, he was a good friend of my dad's. Uh, they had coached together with the Pittsburgh Steelers. John recruited me, of course, uh, 
At first, he was an assistant. I'm trying to think, uh, Red Dawson was the head coach at Pitt. And then when Red Dawson left, uh, John became the head coach. I always thought that was a good break for me, too, because uh, I always thought John was, a, again, getting back to the fundamentals. He was a great fundamental coach. Well, you were obviously one of the top players on the team. Were there any other players that ended up being kind of well-known players that we might have heard about from that team? Geez, I, I, I don't think so. I think I was uh, probably the only... Uh, Western Pennsylvania guy on the team that I remember. You know, I'd have to give that some more thought, but uh, there probably was somebody else. But And you were twice named All-American at Pitt. Uh, yeah, I made some teams uh, when I was a junior. I don't know how many, but I made a couple. <laughs> and uh, But my senior year, uh, I was the unanimous All-American. I put, you made every, every team there was. Wow. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, that was quite an honor. From 1957 to 1963, you played in the NFL for the Redskins first and then the New York Giants. Talk a little bit about those early NFL days and maybe some of the players and coaches you were associated with at that time. Well, first of all, uh, we didn't make much money. <laughs> we, it was not a, a high-paying profession at that time. And I started in 57 with the Washington Redskins. Again, I was the uh, second pick in the second round. There were only 12 teams then. So I was the 14th pick in the draft. And uh, wouldn't that be nice now to be the 14th pick, oh, pick in a draft? <laughs> so millionaire. You'd be a millionaire, that's right. But anyway, I was glad because my dad had played for the Redskins and he had also uh, coached with the Redskins. So uh, I, I was, you know, quite excited about uh, my time with the Redskins. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't have a very good team. So uh, I played 57, 58, 59, and 60. And then I was traded to the New York Giants. That was uh, probably the uh, most magical time in my life. My first season with the Giants in 61, we made the championship game. We lost uh, to Green Bay and Vince Lombardi. And then we played in the championship game in 62 uh, against Green Bay, coached by Vince Lombardi. <laughs> and then in 1963, we played in the championship game and lost to the Chicago Bears. So, it, you know, it was uh, – uh, and when you were playing for the New York Giants in New York City – it was like you were on a Broadway show or something, you know, a Broadway musical. You were very well recognized. Uh, there were so many places you could go and, and things you could do because you were a New York giant. And uh, so it was a magical time in my life. It really was. It was uh, exciting, and uh, I, I just enjoyed every minute of it. 64, I was still with them, but I was on injured reserve. I had hurt my shoulder real bad and hurt my knee and I didn't quite recover good enough in training camp to play in 64, but I was with the team all year. Coach, you mentioned that your dad had coached also in the NFL and had played, and I can remember hearing numerous times that you and your father are considered the very first father-son coaches in the NFL history. 
Do you uh, find yeah, that to be true? I find that to be true. I'm not sure if it's completely true. Uh, for a while there, too, it was thought that I was the, the first son of a father to play in the NFL. And they found out that there was somebody else played a few games in, in another, uh, another season. So that uh, uh, is not quite true, but I think I was the first son of a father that played regularly and, and played any time. Your NFL coaching resume is quite extensive. Tell us about the years leading up to being named the head coach of the Jets. Well, when, when I retired after the 64 season, Allie Sherman was the head coach of the uh, Giants, and he asked me if I wanted to be a scout, you know, and scout games. In those days, we didn't get the film exchange like they do now. Uh, you know, it's so easy. But they used to have guys that went out and scouted the team you were going to play. So I did that in 65 and uh, I believe in 66. And then uh, I started going to training camp and helping, you know, with the tight ends and helping with the receivers. Uh, I wasn't a full-time coach yet. but And then Alex Webster who was a great friend of mine and a, a great running back for the Giants, uh, was named head coach. And uh, when he was named head coach, he he made me an assistant. So from, uh, I, I believe that was, I have to rack my brain a little bit, I, I believe that was in uh, 69, uh, maybe 68. And uh, so I became a, a full-time coach uh, with Alex. Then Alex got uh, fired in uh, 73, I think it was. And uh, once uh, Alex was fired, uh, I started getting some phone calls from uh, other coaches and about a position. And one of the calls was from George Allen, who was the head coach of the Redskins at the time. And I thought it'd be a good move to go with him because uh, he was a well-organized, pretty good coach at that time. And uh, it turned out to be I was right. Uh, I learned an awful lot from, from Coach Allen. Uh, had some great experiences coaching with the Redskins. And the other thing, it was kind of like going back home to me because I had played with them. And uh, those were good years. I think I was there seven years uh, with the Redskins. In the last three years, uh, Jack Pardee, who I had played with in the college all-star game, became the head coach of the Redskins, and he made me offensive coordinator. So that was my first experience of being an offensive coordinator, which is, you know, a step up from being a basic assistant. So uh, I just uh, enjoyed it so much, being with the Giants and, and being with the Redskins. And then in uh, seventy. Three, Alex was fired from the New York Giants head coaching job. And uh, I was out looking again. The New York Jets contacted me. And I went to the Jets. And I was uh, offensive coordinator the first two years. That, that was in the early 80s. I was with the Jets as the offensive coordinator, 81 and 82. And then in 83... Walt Michaels, who was the head coach at the time, 
uh, was let go by the Jets, and I was named head coach. So I was head coach from 84 to 89. And uh, uh, once I was unceremoniously relieved, I was contacted by Chuck Knoll. And I thought that would be a, a great experience to come back to Pittsburgh and uh, back home, you know, because I'd been away for so long. So uh, I s- certainly accepted, and uh, I was the offensive coordinator for the Steelers in 90 and 91. And then Chuck retired, and uh, Bill Cower came in, and, of course, he brought all his own people in. And uh, so I was... I decided I wasn't going to do anything for about a year, which I, I didn't do. And then the uh, the Robert Morris situation came came up. Uh, a couple of my ex-teammates uh, were on the board of trustees at Robert Morris. So I talked to them, and they, they wanted me to come and start a football program at uh, Robert Morris. I thought to myself, I've never started a football program before. I didn't know... You know, which way to turn, but uh, everything kind of gradually, you know, set in place. And uh, uh, we bought uniforms. I did everything. We bought the uniforms. We bought, uh, you know, equipment. I got a lot of stuff donated from old friends from the NFL, which helped us a lot financially. And uh, uh, we started in 94. And uh, I, I must say, my experience at Robert Morris those twenty some years. I coached for twenty, and then I stayed on for about three more years. Most enjoyable of my whole life, other than maybe the experience with the New York Giants. I thought that was a, a, a you know a great time too. But uh, I really enjoyed Robert Morris. I enjoyed the kids. They they all wanted to learn, and uh, they were fun to coach. And uh, we had some success, and I don't know. Just I had all, uh, several opportunities to go back into the NFL, and I turned them all down because I was just happy where I was. And I was 30 minutes from home, and and also my first wife was not very well; she was sick at the time. So I I just didn't want to leave Robert Morris, so I stayed there. Let's backtrack again to 1990. You mentioned that after your job was over, you got hired as offensive coordinator for the Steelers. You came back to Western PA right, at that point. Right. You just mentioned how important that was at Robert Morris being close to home. Was that something that made you happy coming back to? Oh, definitely, definitely. I renewed a lot of old friendships. Uh, I was comfortable here. I looked at, uh, we were looking for homes, and we looked up in the Pittsburgh area. I just decided, I said, well, you know, if I'm coming back, I'm coming back to Beaver Falls, too. So so I bought a house in Beaver Falls and still living in the same place right now. So uh, I was very happy to be, be back. Then you mentioned about starting up the program at Robert Morris. Wow, what a daunting task that must have been. Well, it, it was more than I thought it was going to be. You get a kick out of this. Uh, uh, when they drew up the plans to start the program, they figured on 60 football players. They tried to price how much uniform per player is going to be. and So they had all this planned out. That Well, I brought in 157 players the first year. Wow. Uh, it was like a Chinese fire drill, I'll tell you right now. It was uh, We had to 
go out and buy more uniforms and, you know, but the, the president of the college, the main reason he started football at Robert Morris was to increase student body and make the school bigger and, and uh, get our name out there a little bit. And uh, I think we accomplished that. What's it like having a stadium named after you? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> it, I was very surprised when that happened. I, I knew we were getting a new stadium, which we needed. I don't know, just one time the board of trustees called me into a meeting and and said, uh, this is what the name of the stadium is going to be. So uh, I'm quite honored, uh, thrilled by it. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a high point in my career, certainly was. Coach, was there any regrets you might have about your, your athletic career or anything you might have done differently now that you have time to look back and reflect? I don't think so, Steve. I, I really don't. I, uh, the only thing maybe that I I had a real strong like of, of baseball, and uh, I had a chance to sign with a few teams. Uh, you know, I went to the Redskins, of course, to play football, but uh, I, I still think back sometimes uh, I would have liked to have given it a try, you know, in baseball. And uh, I had a tremendous – uh, senior se- season at Pitt, I was wacky. I was hitting <laughs> hitting everything they threw. You know, you know, it happens sometimes in sports. And, and so I maybe I thought I was better than I was. I don't know, but I did have a good you know season in uh, my senior year at Pitt, and I I loved baseball. No, I've heard that that you had a very good singing voice. Oh, gee. Okay. Now, was there any interest outside of sports that you really enjoyed? participating in like singing or yeah i i really enjoyed we used to call a choir uh, you know i was in the high school choir and when i went to pit i tried to you know join their their choir and it just didn't mix with football you know there were too many times i would have to miss voice practice uh, and the you know singing because football was first that's where my scholarship was and I really enjoyed it. I uh, it was something that, and I made a lot of great friends. There are all kinds of great people that sing in the choir, or great chemistry majors, or you know whatever they are in in high school that uh, maybe don't get the notoriety we get in sports. And I think young people have to uh, uh, be careful of that because when you go out in the world, everybody's not a football player. <laughs> or a basketball player or a baseball player. You know, they, they have other interests. And so I think it's good if uh, uh, they do do other activities in, in high school to, to meet, you know, the, the different kinds of people that there are uh, for everyone to, to know and like. You've mentioned the, the youth and the young people today, and uh, this will be your, our final question today. You've been such a positive role model through the years in our community you can convey a message to the youth and to new young coaches today, what would the message be? Well, I think I touched on that a little bit just a minute ago about uh, participating in other things in school, activities that aren't associated with sports. I think that's very important for our young people. Uh, also, uh, once you decide to do something, make sure you stick to it. Make sure you uh, try to reach your goals, whatever they might be. And even if you fall short, 
you know that you've given your best and you tried very hard. As far as young coaches go, uh, my experience with young coaches is that uh, they're usually very good at the position they played. And uh, I remember when I was coaching at Robert Morris, I had pretty good turnover of young young coaches. And I always tried to, to emphasize to them that you got to know the whole picture. You got to know what the left tackle's doing and the right tackle's doing. And you got to know what, it, if this defense were blitzing, you know, why, what are the other guys doing? Most young coaches are usually pretty very good at, at what they played, but uh, they, then they don't learn the whole picture. It hinders them moving up, I think. So one of the things I tried to do when I, I became a coach uh, with the Giants uh, was learn about everything, you know, learn about pass coverage, learn about blitzes, learn about all the offensive line did. So uh, I think that carried on for me and helped me a lot. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for coming into the museum. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Steve. It really is. I'd like to just say the last thing. I think what a tremendous job you guys have done with the museum and with the with honoring some of the Beaver Falls people. And there are so many guys that I knew as a young man that are now part of this museum. And uh, I, I'm quite honored, uh, and I think you guys do a tremendous job, and I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Coach. And your association with us has a lot to do with that, and it means a lot to us. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being with us today on our podcast. To learn more about the Larry Bruno Foundation, visit us at our website at themagicalcoach.org. But I'm going to be back again and again, and I promise you the next time I'm back, I'll be here in the library more than I was in the past, I might say. Thank you. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. 